It's time for Love Talk with the love ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love Talk today about how your sexual story affects your sexual health. Good morning, Gavin, and good morning to all of you who have tuned in to us today. We're in a new place with a long, heavy, uh, full heart today for the great and uh, wonderful things that God is doing in the city, in our city and across this nation. And and he is doing uh, just amazing things, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Talk here on KTXW, the Bridge Austin Central Texas Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership. Thank you, Miss Evelyn, for always bringing us <laughs> in every Saturday morning. And friends, we are now Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on 101.1 FM and 1120 a.m. Uh, you can always live stream us as well on thebridgeaustin.com. Well, we are missing our very special coach, Carrie, today, Miss Evelyn. She's not going to be with us, but we do have a very special guest oh, with do us. Oh, not have a special guest. <laughs> we are excited to, to uh, share her with you. Friends, we are kicking off this new series today, Miss Evelyn, on health, everything health. We are going to... Uh, be spending from here to the end of the summer talking about our this journey of health, spiritual health, women's health, men's health, mental health, financial health, physical health, sexual health, what it means to have a healthy marriage, uh, how you can have be a healthy dad, how healthy dads make healthy families. Uh, we're going to be talking about reproductive health. Oh, my goodness. We have so much that we're going to be pulling out of this bag to really explore health and uh, we're doing this for you coach Carrie actually came up with this really wanted to focus on all things health because if you're healthy Mm -hmm. you're going to have a healthy impact and we need uh, the church of Christ to rise up and have a healthy impact be that light and salt in the world around us so we're looking forward to this uh, incredible series friends you set your alarm for 10 a.m. And join us Saturday mornings. Call your friends, text your friends, email all your people, put it on Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever your social media preference is, and join us on this fantastic journey. Well, Miss Evelyn, for a little teaser, our guest today, you kind of like to call her Dr. Doctor. Yeah. And we're going to introduce <laughs> her in just a minute, but I know you have had... Um, just an incredible week so far, and it, it's been the week of the National Day of Prayer, uh, and it kicked off with um, the governor's state prayer breakfast on Monday with Ann Graham Lotz as the guest, as the keynote speaker. Uh, then you had uh, the a prayer at Fort Mabry, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Thursday the National Day of Prayer prayer walk around the state capitol. Just an incredible full week. Are you lasting through it? How are you I doing? am on fire and you better get out of my way. <laughs> my, my mama would say, go to the wood pile and get some get some little things to start this fire. And, you know, I think sometimes that's what God does with us. He spends more time on the little things than the great big things like we had this week, every day this week. It, I mean, there's everything. God has just brought everything together uh, around National Day, Day of Prayer, not just within Austin, Texas, but across our nation from coast to coast, from border to border. We just saw record numbers of people coming together, gathering together uh, to seek God, pray for our nation, um, pray in humility and repentance, seeking his mercy and grace over this nation and over our lives, over our communities, over our families. And uh, it just makes me so hopeful when I see not just um, the older generations Mm -hmm. coming out, but when I see these college students coming out, these children coming out uh, that that pray and are seeking God and are um, realizing that we need him first in this nation. We have to return to one nation under God it gives me it gives me hope for yeah. for our future. Well, you know, when you have a need, uh, you pay more attention to your life and where you are and where you're going and where you'd like to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been what we've experienced this week in the state capital of Texas. It has just been like I, my mama would say, 
pretty good stuff there, honey. <laughs> uh, and it to me is special because I'm old now. I can look back and see how this little bitty seed turned to a tree of mm-hmm. great virtue and things. So, and and the other thing I'm going to say right off, I'm old. <laughs> uh, it's been a year when uh, I have had a birthday party. I am your ninetieth birthday party. Yes, and that thing yesterday, uh, this week uh, at uh, Camp Mabry, uh, they honored me because we started with a just a, a guitar around the flag tree after we'd been out it to the airport, which mm-hmm. was uh, regular USA, you know, military. Uh-huh. And we came back and began to just a little bit at a time. And it is unreal, the heart of pe- hearts of people in, uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I, I love about the National Day of Prayer is the the people that we honor. I, I remember on Monday uh, they had that gentleman who uh, plays George Washington, oh, President Jack. George Washington, and he has um, appeared in film um, acting the role of George Washington. And at the National Day of Prayer, he came and gave a prayer all from the original manuscripts of President George Washington. And so you can just see uh, the history that mm-hmm. we have, that our founding fathers sought the Lord. They um, immersed themselves in God's word. They intended for this to be a nation that that pursued God, that honored God, that sought his blessing. And they understood as well that that blessing didn't just come automatically. Mm-hmm. We had to be a people who were set apart uh, for him. And so I just love it. I, you know, I think, Miss Evelyn, that it's right to honor um, good, good servants of Christ mm-hmm. who stand in leadership. I think it's right to give you honor and recognize the years of service that you have, you know, put forward and stood in perseverance for uh, the state of Texas and and for America, you know, friends, I would ask you, who are you honoring today? Who are you giving lip service to? Who uh, who do you look up to? Um, if there is a story about someone, who is it that you're interested in that you click on? You know, I one of the things that uh, Anne Graham Lott said on Monday. There's a lot of people in powerful positions who think that they have the authority over mm-hmm. this nation. And only one person has authority over this nation, and that is our sovereign God Almighty. Uh, but she named a few people uh, that think that they are pretty uh, special themselves. Uh-huh. And I think we really have to guard our hearts as to who we look to uh, to receive counsel, who we look to for our world view. Are we going to Christ and looking into God's word? Are we using, are we developing mentors around us like yourself, Miss Evelyn, who always point us to Jesus and, and encourage us? Or are we looking to people who want to tell us, um, have how, a good time? <laughs> yes, yes. Or, you know, how to, what, what are we valuing? Is, is our whole goal, um, to learn how to, um, to, to twerk and to tweet and to do all of those types of things, or is our goal to learn how to pray and connect and to have healthy relationships? Well, it's my uh, my view is have a good connection, and you'll have a product. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever you're talking about, if it's you know small children, you go on their level and then let God pick it up and you hold it. And when we've seen that, just not in individuals, that has happened greatly in in the Texas area. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is also true of, of, you know, small children and and women uh, and men who have reached points in life when nothing's fun anymore. Mm. And we've got a wonderful example of what a cure for all some of these things are today, as we. The, we are going to have fun today, and you know I like that you mentioned the younger kiddos because our um, our program today, friends, is about how our sexual story affects our sexual health. And wow. so, if you do have <laughs> little ones in the room, you might want to shoo them out uh, for this conversation. Uh, we've invited uh, this amazing, amazing woman, Dr. Carol Tanksley, in with us to have this conversation around how 
uh, how your sexual story affects your sexual health. And I just I want to share a little bit um, about Dr. Carol. She has had um, her own radio program from 2009 into about right before her husband's death in 2016. She is a board certified. She is board certified in obstetri- obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive endocrinology. Boy, got to practice wow. saying that. Did I do well? She has practiced medicine for 28 years. She currently practices part time. I-, I-, I love this. What she does, she provides short term relief for other OBGYN physicians and hospitals. So when they need to take a vacation or take a break, she just steps right in there so that their clients don't have to do without uh, good uh, medical care. And um, But also working part-time provides her with the flexibility to do more of the ministry work she loves because not only is she a board-certified doctor, mm-hmm. but... Uh, she also has her Master's of Divinity and her Doctor of Ministry from Oral Roberts Whoa. University. And so she is focused on Christian leadership. And uh, so she speaks, writes, coaches. She loves connecting with people both here and around the world. She, uh, Dr. Carol loves to help men and women and com- couples experience the fully alive kind of life that Jesus came to bring us physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And I'm so excited to welcome her to the program. Welcome to Love Talk, Dr. Carol. Oh, it is awesome to be here. Thanks, Kathy, and and thank you, Miss Evelyn. And I just want to say again, uh, congratulations, Miss Evelyn, for all the years that you have done for, for here at 90 years old. I, I've told you personally more than once that I'd like to be like you when I grow up. Um, I, I just want to comment also on what you both were saying about what Ann Graham Lott said uh, at the National uh, Governor's Prayer, at the Governor's Prayer Breakfast. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. When we follow others as they follow Christ, we follow Christ better. Mm-hmm. And that, and just following up on your question, Kathy, who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you patterning, patterning your life after? We need other people ahead of us who have been following Christ. And as we follow them, if we are following Christ better, then we know that's a good person to, to help us in that journey. I mean, ultimately, that is, we want to become more like Christ. I think more joyful, more kind, more gentle, more loving. Oh, boy, more wise. (laughs) I need a little bit of wisdom today. How about you, friends? I need a lot of understanding, especially around relationships. And I told told my husband when I was coming in this morning, I said, well, you're going to get a better wife returned to you (laughs) than is leaving you this morning because I am about to learn a whole lot. And, friends, you are about to learn a whole lot. And I just want to say again, it is a, a little bit of a spicy topic. It is specifically for adults. The topics that we discuss today will be entirely biblical but may not be appropriate for little ears unless you are ready to have some very candid uh, conversations. And, you know, the thing that we want to address is that, you know, in church, Dr. Carol, we have this, uh, this, this perspective about how it is supposed to be, how marriage is supposed to be, that boy meets girl, they fall in love, they have the sex for the first time on their wedding night, and wow, fireworks. They immediately enter into a fulfilling sexual relationships that last for the rest of their lives. But there is a good chance, friends, there's a good chance that that is not your story. It wasn't my story. Um, and we have to understand that all of our sexual story impacts our marriage. And we want healthy marriages. We want... Um, healthy sexuality within marriage and we're going to get Take into this oh my goodness are we going <laughs> you better to stay tuned folks <laughs> we sure are we're going to go ahead and uh take a break friends you're going to hear from our amazing sponsors who some have been with us for the all the 35 years that we have been on radio they keep love talk on the air we so appreciate and trust them we hope you will learn to as well as you call them to help you with whatever those needs are that they can meet when we come back friends we are getting 
straight into this, how your sexual story impacts your sexual life and your marriage. Stay tuned with us for Love Talk. We'll be back with you right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and our incredible guest for today's program, Dr. Carol Tanksley. She is a board-certified obstetrics board-certified in obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive endocrinology. She is also a doctor. Uh, she has had her Master's of Divinity and then earned her Doctor of Ministry from Oral Roberts University. Miss um, Evelyn, you like to call her Doctor Doctor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we went out of our program, we so friends, we are discussing today how your sexual story affects your sexual health. We are, boy, we are kicking off this health series with a spicy topic. So, friends, if your little ones um, are kind of about your ankles and you are not quite prepared to have some candid conversations, maybe shoo them out of the room uh, for the next 25 minutes as we really get into this discussion. Um, well, Dr. Carroll, I, I have this uh question for you because when we were going out in our in our first segment we took a look at the kind of the fairy tale perspective that we have of um of sexual health in a marriage and it, and it goes something like this a boy meets girl they fall in love they have sex for the first time on their wedding night and fireworks wow and they immediately enter into a fulfilling sexual relationship that lasts for the rest of their lives. But you've helped hundreds of couples, and you've seen again and again, this is generally not the way that it works. Sadly, that's true. And that fairy tale story that we have often talked about, especially in the Christian church, there are so many areas where that just doesn't apply, and there's things left out of that story where so many people don't find themselves uh, able able to relate. For example, what about those many, many people who have been sexually harmed growing up in some way? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was abuse or molestation, certainly that's a, a sad and all too frequent issue. There are other scenarios also that bring that. In today's world, the early exposure to pornography has become so common for both boys and girls. Uh, even if you haven't um, uh, allowed your children, so to speak, to watch TV or have a smartphone, on the bus on their way to school, eight, nine years old, one of their friends may have a smartphone, and they will they will see something. How do they how do they deal with it? And then when they get a little older, um, that's going to impact their view of the of themselves and and relationships. Um, what about the young person, the young girl who grows up and has no one to talk to as she starts to develop her own sexuality and sees responses from, from boys and, and other men to her body? The media messages that we get today, of course, sex and sexuality is everywhere, but even simply the ideal picture of the feminine body, young um, and in, 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 in sexual, the depiction of the female body in fairy tales and cartoons today includes so many of, of these messages. What about the person who comes to marriage and has not lived that fairy tale? They haven't um, refrained from sexual behavior prior to marriage. How do they deal with it then? Certainly, in the Christian church, we regularly hear, Jesus forgives your sins, and he does. But there are so many things under the surface, so many things going on in the heart. Mm -hmm. I have discovered in working with men and women and couples now for, for many years, when we start getting close to sex and sexuality, It's so much more about matters of the heart. Behaviors have consequences. Yes, absolutely behaviors have consequences. But what about the matters of the heart? What about the confusion, the anxiety, the fear, the shame, all the stuff that our world brings? And when we only address behavior, 
people end up falling into two camps. Either I'm one of the bad boys or dirty girls on one side, or I'm one of the good girls, good boys on the other side. And so that that dichotomy, I don't believe that's the way Jesus looks at it. Then you get into marriage. What about the young woman who has said no to sexual behavior prior to marriage? It's not easy to turn the switch from no to yes on the wedding night. That can be a real challenge for some men as as well. You've been looking forward to this and now what's your mind and your body supposed to do? Can you go from no to yes in in, in one moment? The religious messages around this whole thing, well meant and true as far as they go. But when sex has been couched in a way that makes you feel dirty if you do it, can you get away from that when you're married and now God's designed for sex within marriage to be beautiful and, and bonding? What about when there's physical pain with, with, with sex or baggage that you have carried or, or your spouse carried? When we miss the matters of the heart, we miss so much of this. And I believe that if the gospel does not have an answer for these deep issues, is it really any good for the rest? I believe with all my heart that Jesus does have answers for all of these really challenging areas that may feel complicated, but in his in his perspective, it's no harder for him to deal with than any of the other stuff that we deal with. My husband tells me, you know, Kathy, love is blind. And that's why men have to feel everything. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Remember that, let me, and remind me later, not tell Van. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's exactly right. I, you know, I remember hearing this one uh, speaker on um, NPR, you know, National Public Radio. Is it, you know, it's the what it, the radio that is paid for by our government, and. She had sold this best-selling book. She was author of a best-selling book, and she was talking about sexuality and how her grandmother had really taught her everything she knew. And she says, my grandmother taught me the most valuable thing. And uh, she said, sweetheart, uh, when, you, uh, when you go out there and you start dating, I, you, what you need to do is to sleep with as many men as possible so that when the right one comes along, you know exactly what you're doing. And my heart just broke because I thought, what a lie from the enemy that, you know, these, these young girls and, you know, everyone reading this book, it's a best-selling book, and this is the message of sexuality that she's giving out to, to all of these, uh, her women readers and everyone listening to this national public radio uh, that they're going to go out and sleep with as many men as possible and and just destroy this beautiful gift they've been given and then how the enemy will turn around and use that and accuse them. And, um, you know, it just is such so like the enemy to sell a lie and then turn around and accuse us afterwards. So, you know, we, we have all of these different messages. I remember growing up as well. Um, my mother had gone through a very difficult time and she was raised in a household where no one said anything. And her grandmother actually on her wedding night, uh, she didn't know what was supposed to happen. And when her husband told her this is what's supposed to happen, she said, no, there is no way that is happening. And she had to go to counseling, uh, in order to, and you know, someone actually, they gave her a book, an actual picture book and showed her. This is the way that it works. This is how children are made. And so she finally consented, and they ended up having a very good marriage, but it was very She got awkward. to know all. <laughs> yeah, she, she had to be convinced. Uh-huh. And traumatic. Yes. You know, that kind of thing is not good for anybody. It doesn't lead to the joy and intimacy that God intended. Yeah. Well, and, you know, my mother gave me the advice, she said, and she now recants this, and she goes, oh, sweetie, I can't believe that that this was the advice I gave you. But her advice to me was, do not ever, ever, ever sleep with a man that you would not marry, and do not ever, 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 ever marry a man you haven't slept with. And so that's what I what I got. And um, so... You know, I went there again, going into marriage, there was some baggage there for us too to to get through. 
And, uh, you know, our girls, we are raising with a very different perspective that sex is exciting and it's wonderful and it's amazing. And you're going to have to have a lot of self-control and you're going to have to do a lot of planning so that you don't put yourself in too tempting of a situation that you can't, there's not a way out of. Um, but what are, what are we to do, Dr. Carol, when we come into all of this, or even our listeners today, maybe a wife or, or a husband who's listening to this and saying, you know, I'm right there. My, my relationship is not fulfilling. I don't even know how to identify what's going on to even get to a fulfilling relationship. What do we do when we have all of this baggage? Mm-hmm. I believe we start with what God intended. He created all of us, man, woman, young, old, married, single, with the need, desire, and capacity for intimacy. Our hearts are made to desire connection, deep connection, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Much of our world has tried to make sex and intimacy synonymous. They are related, but they are not the same. Mm-hmm. I believe all of us as adults know that there are plenty of times when sex and intimacy are not at all related. Sex is, in, is occurring whether within or outside of marriage without intimacy. Sex can occur within marriage without intimacy and be just as hurtful. For those who follow Jesus, I believe we can also understand that intimacy is not primarily a matter of taking the clothes off your body, but of taking the clothes off your heart and mind. Jesus experienced intimacy when he was here on earth. He was a fully human man with all the mental and bodily needs, desires, vulnerabilities that we have. We often forget that. How did he deal with his sexuality as a human man? I believe the best way to describe that is he daily submitted his sexuality to his Heavenly Father. Yes. And we can learn to do that, married or single, man or woman. And then, in learning how to do all of this, I believe that's the first step. Start with how God designed things to be. And then, number two, look at your sexual story. Whatever your issues are right now, they didn't just come from nowhere. You didn't wake up this morning deciding to have issues, whether they're sexual issues or relationship issues or anything. There is a story behind how you came to be where you are. Jesus, I believe, approached things this way. For example, the story in the Gospel of John, where Jesus meets the woman at the well in Samaria. Mm -hmm. He comes and offers her living water. She wants that living water. Give it to me, she Mm -hmm. says. And Jesus responds, okay, go call your husband. And the woman responds, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't. You've had five. And the one you're with now is not your husband. Mm -hmm. That was not Jesus condemning her. It was Jesus saying, I see you. Defining. I see all of you. Mm -hmm. I see the person you are now desiring living water. And I also see all the stuff that brought you to where you are. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with your stuff. Let's deal with your story. I am the one who can help you deal with all of this. Just a few moments later, that woman goes running back into the town and says to everyone she meets, come, meet a man who told me everything I ever did. It wasn't that Jesus gave her a, you know, a a, a flash before my eyes kind of moment. It's that he put his finger on her stuff. Mm -hmm. He put his finger on the core part of where she needed transformation. Mm -hmm. Let's deal with this. And that's how she became an evangelist. I love that. Asking her, you know, identifying she was desperate for living water. And Christ also helped identify what is making her desperate. And I think that we are all desperate for that relationship with Christ. And as you said, we are desperate for intimacy. You know, I think that when we have that intimacy with Christ prior to marriage, we are better able to um, identify maybe that spouse that we would be able to connect with better. And we're able to have a more intimate relationship with that spouse because we don't have this 
desperate need that hasn't been filled. If it's been filled by Christ, we can go and enjoy that deep, intimate connection at, uh, in marriage. So I love that you say it's a matter of the heart. So, friends, we need to be asking ourselves, um, what, 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 what are we desperate for? What needs do are we looking to be filled? What needs do we think are filled in that intimate sexual relationship? And then possibly what needs are, are not. Exactly. Filled. Is it okay if I share a little of my story? Oh, yes. Please. <laughs> I'm separating these pages to be sure we get it. Um, I grew up in a family where sex and sexuality was not handled mm-hmm. in, a, in a healthy way. Um, it was very tumultuous, somewhat uh, traumatic, and, and very dysfunctional. As I grew up, I, I, I was going to church, and I did make the decision I was not going to have sex outside of marriage, but there was all this other junk. As God brought me out of some of my deep emotional distress in those years, there was a point in which I found myself alone in a hotel room with a married man. Mm-hmm. He was a ministry leader. He had a wife. He had children. And here we were alone in a hotel room together, he had invited himself up to my hotel room to, quotes, pray. Well, he prayed, and then he propositioned me blatantly, openly. Mm. Now, thankfully, God put words in my mouth that diffused that situation. My clothes did not come off. He left. But that experience rocked me. Mm. It really, really rocked me. It wasn't the first time that I realized I needed some work in my own heart to be done. Mm -hmm. But that really, really, really troubled me. And how could I have let myself get so close to something that I said I would never do? I had seen the red flags. I had felt the red flags prior to ending up in in that room together. What had led me to get that far, even though my clothes hadn't come off? And I realized that I had to deal with the unhealed trauma in my own heart. I had to look at the lies and twisted distortions of the truth that I had come to believe and deal with the empty places in my own soul that had not been filled up. And I deeply entered into that process with God at at that point. I learned what it was like to experience God as my husband. Mm-hmm. I had not had healthy romantic boyfriend girlfriend relationships before that. Frankly, I wondered what was so wrong with me that nobody would be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 here I was. I I was a, a practicing physician. I was actually preparing for ministry, and this was a ministry leader where this had happened. So I had to deal with those things in my own heart. Thankfully, it wasn't that long after that God brought my husband into my life. I honestly believe that if I had not dealt with those heart issues, that I would not have been open to the relationship God had for me. It wasn't so much a behavior thing. It was the stuff in my own heart. And when I was able to deal with that, God knew that I was ready and I was able to experience a loving relationship. The next time I found myself alone in a hotel room with a married man, he was my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And things went a lot better. Things went very differently and a whole lot better. And it was beautiful. Um, Amen and amen. (laughs) So I I, I know that you have um, a series that you call Sexpectations. And you walk um, individuals uh, through their sexual story and you, you, your goal, you want sexual health for them. Um, how, what kind of questions do you start to ask? I mean, do you give it a checklist? And then how, how do you discern, well, you know, this one I need professional counseling on, or this one, it's just a matter of my husband and I going for a walk hand in hand every night for the next month and walking through and discussing all of these things and, you know, getting it out there on the table. What are some steps that we can take? Mm. If you are someone who feels like things are unwell around sex and sexuality, this dealing with your sexual story and the matters in your heart can be so powerful, and that's what this expectations course does. This course is not so much about sex between husband and wife. It's about dealing with the, your stuff in your own heart so that if you are married, you become the kind of person who is able to enter into intimacy. We certainly, of course, talk about sex in marriage, 
But we also talk to the single people who are wrestling with how do I handle that part of me if I'm not married. Mm-hmm. So, so all of that. Some of the questions that we help you walk through is what do you really believe about sex? What do you really believe that God says about sex? What has evil done to sex? And what has evil done to sex in your life? How have you been wounded, harmed? What lies have you come to believe in this whole area? And then how have you responded to those lies and and wounds? One uh, big piece that I see so many people struggle with is shame and guilt around sexual behavior. Um, I completely believe that you didn't wake up one day deciding to mess up your life in this in this area. <laughs> yeah. So what led up to that? And then um, who is really to, who is really to blame? Who who is at fault? Because there are things that happened to you. There are things that were told to you. Then you responded out of all of that. And so I believe it can almost always be super difficult to truly differentiate where your fault ends and another's begins or whatever. And thankfully, I I don't believe Jesus is nearly concerned as much about parsing out blame as he is about inviting you into a process of transformation and healing and growth, regardless of where you have been in the past. So, so, so this course walks you through asking some of those questions, looking at your own life about it, Hearing what God says about your need for intimacy and the way he designed that to be. And then what do you do in seeking healthy intimacy? If you're married with your spouse, if you're not, what does that look like if you're not married? And then just experiencing that transformation, developing a lifestyle toward sexual wholeness. And I mean, understanding what that looks like. And I think when we talk about preparing for marriage, being sexually healthy before marriage, uh, it it it's it is something that how do you say it's almost a gift to your spouse when you have dealt with those things prior to entering into uh, that that uh, marriage covenant, and um, it's a gift to yourself too. Yeah. It certainly is a gift to your spouse when you do not have those walls around your body and your soul. And like the work I had done prior, my wedding night was beautiful, emotionally and physically and spiritually and in every way. I had to do that work prior. And that was a gift to both my husband and to me. It allowed me to experience the goodness that God intended that kind Mm -hmm. of intimacy to bring. And so, Dr. Carroll, I have a question. When when someone walks in and um, walks into their OBG and they have these questions and they think, gosh, I, I really don't think an OBG is the right person to start asking all of these questions to. But, boy, I'm not going to go discuss this with my pastor. I mean, you know, I'm kind of like, can you just give me on how desperate you are. But sometimes the pastor's door is the first one that opens. Yeah. So... Where do we even go to begin? You know, do you do you say, look, have a mentor that you can speak with or begin speaking openly with your husband or, uh, you know, start to, to work through this as you get into God's word? I mean, what would be the, the first of the baby steps? I'd say two things. One, find a person a few steps farther along in this journey. If you're a woman, find a woman who's a little bit older, both in life and in the Lord, and start asking questions. I know that when we talk about what's real and what's under the surface, it disinfects the shame. Uh, It normalizes so much of what we struggle with. And then um, second, check out YourSexpectations.com, this expectations course, YourSexpectations.com, a place to deal with all of this. I love that we have a resource that we can go to, especially someone who has a medical background, has the um, the Christian ministry background, but most importantly, loves Jesus and loves his word and is able to help guide us through this. Friends, we have just one segment left. The time just goes by so fast. We have some more questions for you, Dr. Carol, uh, in our final segment uh, friends, I hope this hasn't been too spicy for you. I hope it's been really helpful. It has for me. My, my production notes are just covered with notes for myself. 
Uh, my husband and I are going to have a few conversations, <laughs> I think, when I get home. Friends, stay with us. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Uh, you're going to just, you can trust them as we trust them. They are great men and women who love the Lord and who are eager to help you with the services that they offer. You're going to want to listen to them, and you're going to come back with us in just a moment for more of your sexual story affects your sexual health with the Love Ladies on Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock in the studio with our First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison. We are missing Coach Carrie today, but we have our very special guest, Dr. Carol Tanksley. She is board certified in obstet- obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive <laughs> <A big> one. <laughs> reproductive endocrinology. Boy, that's been a mouthful today. And Miss Evelyn likes to call her Doctor Doctor because she is also uh, a doctor. She has her doctor in ministry from Oral Roberts University, and she's been such a wealth of information to us today. We are, <clears throat> excuse me, we are discussing how our sexual story affects our sexual health. And we want to be healthy. We're in this series on health. We want to be healthy. And I have this quote, uh, Dr. Carol, from Dr. Dan Allender uh, from his book. It's called Healing the Wounded Heart. And he says this, evil hates what God reveals in and through the creation of humanity, especially with regard to gender and sexuality. Nothing brings evil greater delight or power than to foul our joy in being a man or a woman through sexual harm or gender confusion on the one hand and dogmatism on the other. It truly seems like sexuality, uh, Dr. Carroll, is under attack. Um, what can we do? You know, I even see the, the these boards, these um, educational boards that are wanting to push sexual sexual education to kindergartners uh, teaching second graders about masturbation and and telling them to explore their sexuality by holding hands with boys and girls and it just seems to be so under attack now as as parents you know obviously as voters we can elect people to the school boards that say absolutely no way no how that is not going to go in our curriculum but as parents how do how and when do we start having these conversations with our kiddos? In today's culture, with exactly the kinds of things you're referencing, with the messages, even in you know in cartoons or, or mm-hmm. children's books or material, it has to start sooner than you think. If you do not disciple your children around godly sexual wholeness, they will be discipled not in the way that you want them to be, and the the. The message I would give to parents is this is not about a list of do's and don'ts and behaviors. Yes, you will need to have those conversations with your children. But this is much more, as we've been talking about, matters of the heart. It starts before they even get to preschool. Things like God made Mm -hmm. me. God made me a girl. God made me a boy. God made me beautiful. He wants to be close to me, and he made me to be close to others. And this is a good thing. The needs and desires in my heart, God built within them. And then the message that there is an enemy, that Satan is out there, and he distorts what God made to be good. Mm -hmm. And there will be struggles because of that in this life. Another thing that I would encourage parents is deal with your own stuff. As parents, modeling that it's okay to work through trouble. It's okay to deal with feelings. How do we deal with feelings in our family? How do we deal with shame? How do we deal with when we make mistakes? Um, How do we deal with relationships? Uh, When children growing up see mommy and daddy relating to each other in a healthy way, they learn much more than they ever thought you are teaching your children before you know you're teaching them by what they see much more than by whatever you say. That That is so true. I remember, um, you know, Eric and I, we really don't, we, we don't fight. We, it's just, it's just not the way that we're wired. 
Um, but we do have intense discussions, we like to call them. And so it used to be where um, he, Eric and I love to walk because, it, you know, early on in our marriage, right about year four, we started having a lot of problems. And so for me, I went into marriage saying, eh, if it doesn't work, I'll get a divorce. But Eric, no, no, no. He went in like, this is it. This It doesn't matter how miserable I am. This is my <laughs> life. You know, what do I do now? <laughs> so anyway, we were we were in Australia and really struggling. And we just started going for a walk every single night until we had either worked through the issue or we were so exhausted we had to go to bed. And so we have just learned that talking through these things, it works for us. And so if he and I, so we would always go for a walk every night and it just become, came kind of a healthy, a healthy thing. It was a catch up. And so one day going to church, so the girls never saw us argue because we'd always talk it out, you know, on, on a walk. So one day going to church, Eric and I got in a, in a, just a, a disagreement. It was just, I mean, it wasn't anything big. And Jordan, our middle child, starts crying in the back, and she says, are you and Daddy going to get a divorce? Oh. And we just start laughing, and we're like, oh, heavens, what on, where did that come from? And she's like, well, you're fighting. We're like, oh, baby, this isn't a fight. <laughs> but they had never seen us anything uh-huh. before except for kissing and hugging and playing and stuff like that. So for them, this was like, you know, I imagine an all-out drag-out kind of thing. <laughs> so it's healthy to have our children see us disagree and to work through those right in front of them. Yeah. Um, I, I coach individuals and couples now in some of these challenging areas. And one of the things I found so helpful is in your family growing up, how did you deal with these things? What did you learn about feelings growing up? What did you learn about um, intimacy growing up before you even knew you were learning of these things or handling conflict and whatever? And any married person knows sex is almost always there's some conflict there. Somebody wants it more than the other. Somebody has expectations that aren't met, etc. How do we deal with those kinds of things? And so dealing with your stuff as parents will teach your children much more uh, that way than than the words. And yes, you need to have the conversations sooner than than later. And and my encouragement there is not so much to limit it to this is right and this is wrong, but you want to be the place your children come with questions. Mm-hmm. When they see something with one of their classmates, when they see something mm-hmm. on a cartoon or whatever it is, you want to be the place mm-hmm. they come and ask. Um, not to shame them. Most of the time when young children come with questions, it's not because they're, quotes being bad. It's because it's novel and they don't understand or, or something like that. So um, get out of your own head and be curious. Ask them what did they know about this? How did they feel when they saw it or heard it or whatever? And be a place they can come and talk about these things. Put on your poker face. That's what <laughs> Eric and I always say. Because if, if they ask a question and you look, like, shocked, yes. like, oh, my gosh, they go, oh, I shouldn't have asked right. that. But so I have learned to have a very good poker face as a, a mama. You know, unfortunately, I've kind of learned the hard way because you want them to keep talking. So anything you do that stops them from, from sharing, you kind of, you know, weed that out. And we also need to make sure that uh, we have conversations together. I think a lot of times I find with the dad working all the time that the mom starts to educate them on all of this, yet the dad can offer such a wonderful perspective, even with girls. And, you know, it's I, you know I think there's this thing where the dad talks with the boys and the mom talks with the girls, and I think there are certain things that, Dads maybe are more effective in talking with the boys and moms are more effective in talking with the girls. But I think they need to be comfortable with talking through those issues with both mom and dad and and valuing that perspective that the opposite sex brings. Absolutely. And there's good research, for example, Mm -hmm. that shows a daughter who has a healthy, open relationship with her father uh, will do much better in her own relationships growing up. She learns how what it's like to be treated well, for example. Uh, not exploitative or using her body for sex, but when her father values her as a woman, as a person, um, that does so much to her own well-being. And 
there's a lot there, but yeah, such a powerful thing. Now, Dr. Carol, how do our listeners find you? We've talked about this online course, Sexpectations. What do they Google or what do they key in to be able to find you? As far as the course, YourSexpectations.com. YourSexpectations.com. That's hitting it. It, 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 right up, right up front. Okay, so you want to share something spicy with your friends on Facebook, go link that to your yeah, Facebook or Instagram feed. Right. Yoursexpectations.com. And then I'd invite people to, to our website, drcarolministries.com. D-R-C-A-R-O-L ministries.com. I want you to know that if you leave a message there on the contact page, I respond personally. Um, that's not general. It comes, it comes right to me. But we have a lot of information there about relationships, about intimacy with God, about intimacy with others, about healthy marriage. So for all our content, that's the place to come. Well, friends, as Dr. Carroll said, this is also a matter of the heart. And uh, no one can address the matters of your heart like Jesus Christ. And, you know, we love to share on this program that Knowing him and beginning a relationship with him is as easy as ABC. A, you just admit that you are a sinner and you accept that God loves you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, is believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that he died on the cross and rose again on that third day to offer each of us the free gift of salvation. And C, Confess your faith in Jesus Christ and commit your life to love him. Romans 10.9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, we love you. We want the best health for you. We want rewarding intimacy for you. And we just love being your friends here on Love Talk Radio every Saturday morning at at, at 10 a.m. on KTXW 101.1 FM and 1120 a.m. Friends, if you need to contact us or you need your own Bible, call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. Share this program with your friends by going to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. I'm Kathy Endebrock. Uh, Coach Kerry, we love you. And from Miss Evelyn Davison and the amazing Dr. Carol Tanksley, we've enjoyed today's program. We look forward to being with you next 